Radio. I'm so glad you could join us today where our focus is to shift dementia care around the world from crisis to comfort. So subscribe today and learn and share new techniques, tips, and resources that will help you live graciously alongside dementia. If you're an individual, a family member, a friend, a corporation, it doesn't make any difference. We have something for you. I'm Lori LeBay, the host of the show, and I'm also a daughter of a mother who lived the path of dementia for 30 years. So I get the guilt, the isolation, the frustration, the exhaustion of caring for another. But I've also been able to find that path of joy, purpose, and passion. So listen in and let us help you find that path of joy. Now, for some of you, you might not realize that September is World Alzheimer's Month. And so with that, we always try, you know, every week we try to bring you great information. But today we're going to be talking on a topic of a a new learning method that really helps engage and bring joy to people. But before we go into our topic today, I want to give a couple of shout outs. One is we in Minnesota are doing an airport travel survey and it closes on the 15th. So it's, you know, this weekend and then it shuts down and it targets people with dementia and those that have traveled on a plane. And if you can go to alzheimerspeaks.com, you'll see a big airplane, just click on it and it will bring you to the survey. Now the survey is going to take you probably 30 to 40 minutes. It is long. Um, it's, it's detailed, but we need this information if we're going to try to shift dementia travel in the future. So if you have dementia and if you are have traveled with someone, please please take the survey and please feel free to share that with others. I also want to give a shout out to the Memory Cafe directory. Fabulous, fabulous resource for people with early to mid memory loss and their loved ones to be able to go and meet and gather with liked mind parties. Just go to Memory Cafe directory. And then, of course, there's Stall Catchers, which is actually a game that all of us can play. And when we're playing the game, we're actually analyzing real life data um, in the world of Alzheimer's and we're pushing resource, re- research further. So go to stallcatchers.com um, for further information there. And then if you happen to be a company that's listening and you want to expand your brand footprint by leveraging our content in all our various platforms here on Alzheimer's Speaks, um, please reach out to me. I would love to talk to you about how we can help you with branding opportunities. And last, I want to invite our listeners to be our guests. Everyone is welcomed on this show. If you're someone living with dementia, if you are a family member, if you are a business, a researcher, an advocate, a movie director, a singer, a songwriter, we've had a little bit of everything here and we don't want to stop. And we've had all ages of people, so children are welcome too because many of them are are doing some really cool things. So just Go to alzheimerspeaks.com. There's a big contact button. Reach out to me, and I will be more than happy to connect with you. You can also join us in the conversation today by calling in at 323-870-4602. That's 323-870-4602. And I'll see you pop up in the studio, and we'll pull you in for a comment. And last, I just, again, want to thank our audience. Your likes, your clicks, your shares have just expanded our 
our footprint um, all around the world, and we couldn't have done that without you. So thank you, thank you so much for for your help at connecting people to the resources, products, and tools that they so um, so surely deserve and need, and so that they can make their their own decisions for their own unique family situations. Now, as I said, we're going to be talking about a new learning method today called SIDO, and we are lucky to have with us Jill Richter, who is the Director of Operations for SIDO Learning. She has experienced SIDO firsthand as a daughter of someone with Alzheimer's disease, and she saw what that did for her own father. She also saw what it did for other residents and family members in long-term community care where he lived, as well as the staff and the entire community. I have been lucky enough to go out and actually be able to see this in person and in action and, and was very impressed as well. Now, after Jill's experience with her own family, she became a passionate advocate for people with cognitive Declined, and she joined the CITO Learning team in order to bring as many people across the country together with this. Um, CITO is one thing um, that we can do right now to interrupt um, what we have come to expect with dementia. So CITO really impacts lives greatly, and I'm just thrilled to have Jill with us. So welcome, Jill. How are you doing today? Hi, Lori. Thank you so much. I'm I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm doing really well. Thanks. Well, good. It's been a while since we've chatted, and uh, but I, I need you, if you don't mind, just to set up for our audience. If you can tell people a little bit about your personal experience with dementia, I had mentioned a family member had that. Is there are there any details that you're willing to share about that experience with our audience? Oh, gosh, um, absolutely. You know, I, I always say that uh, I didn't pick Sido, it picked me. Um, and that sort of happened because of, of my journey. You know, like so many others, dementia sneaked in and snatched a loved one. And as you mentioned, it was, in my case, my father. Um, you know, here's this guy who had a full, vibrant life. You know, high school athlete, college president, or class president, World War II pilot, father of six, I could go on and on. Probably his favorite thing was that he was a darn good golfer. But, um, you know, he started to decline, and it's easy to look back now, right? But you don't know what you don't know. And so there were plenty of signs along the way that he was having these changes. But all of a sudden, some things really start to stand out. Um, You know, he started to gosh, get lost going to the high school football field uh, where he had gone for, his, you know, many years. Or, gosh, his frustration or anger was off the charts. And it just, you know, we're chalk, um, chalking that up to just him being older uh, until there was one day when um, he came to the door of my house. My folks lived about three and a half miles from me. And, and here I am. I have a, you know, a career. I have my children I'm raising, but I'm in the kitchen cooking dinner and uh, the doorbell rings. So ding dong, I go to the door. It wasn't unusual for my dad to be there. And I answer the door. I'm like, hey, dad. He's like, hey, honey. And he gives me a hug and he hands me this bag, which was treats for my girls, you know, and, and uh, not the, you know, uh, championship food to be eating, but their treats were Swiss cakes and Oreos. And so he hands me this <laughs> bag and I'm like, oh, thanks, dad. And he gives me a kiss. He goes, give them to the girls, give them a hug. And is your mother here? And I said, no, Dad, she's not here. And he's like, okay. So off he went. And I go back into the kitchen, and I'm cooking dinner again. And not 10 or 15 minutes later, the doorbell rings. And I go to the door and answer it, and there's my dad. And it's like Groundhog Day. He had run to the store, gotten the treats again, and he hands them to me. And it was, Lori, it was like the same conversation. Like, hi, honey. Hi, Dad. Hands me, you know, giving the girls, is your mother here? And at that point, we, we lock eyes, and it was like there was this knowing. You know, there was this knowing that something was going on that was, you know, deeper than any of us had been able to recognize. And, and after that, it's the, the, the classic um, things that we saw with, with him. And um, even though he was still at home with my mother, there was a point at which we really couldn't keep up. And so that's where he and my mom moved into an assisted living. And they had 
you know, good memory care, just a good, solid place to live. Um, but here I am, the daughter, and the president and CEO of the organization comes, and she's talking about this new program for dementia, and it's called Sido Learning. And I remember sitting in the back row as the daughter, kind of rolling my eyes, thinking I knew everything there was to know and that there really wasn't any hope because the drugs weren't working and there were great programs, but nothing really that was helping. And so I listened and, and after that kind of left thinking, well, you know, probably couldn't hurt. So I talked to my brother and, you know, we decide that um, why not? You can't hurt him. So my dad starts Sido Learning and I don't think about it because, Again, I'm busy with the girls and I'm working and so on. And fast forward a few weeks later, it's probably about four to six weeks, Lori, I think. And we had a big dinner in their assisted living apartment. So for them, that wasn't unusual. Big Italian family. In my world, you know, more people, more food. We have this big table stretched out. And um, at that point, my dad really wasn't engaging with anyone. And I'm serving up the pasta. Out of the corner of my eye, I look over and I see my dad. And he's he's grabbing the cake plate. It was his birthday. So there's this big cake plate. He grabs the cake plate. So first of all, he makes a decision, you know, of something he's interested in. So I thought, wow, that's interesting. Pulls it towards him, cuts a piece of cake, slides it on his plate, takes one bite out of it, looks at me and has the biggest grin on his face. And Lori, I know that seems pretty insignificant, but for those of us who have walked this road, you know that when you see your person is in there, it's a huge moment in your life because you just, it's, it's heartwarming. And so um, I thought, well, what have we changed here? Because something different is going on. And I thought nothing other than that Sido thing. So mm-hmm. I thought, well, I better pay attention to this. So I went to some sessions. I started talking to other family members and learned that they had seen changes. And I noticed relationships changing with staff that they knew him more deeply you know, and I thought, wow, this is pretty cool. And even like the maintenance supervisor of the the community would stop by and say, hey, Leo, and he chatted up a bit about things he knew about my dad. And, you know, they wouldn't have known, he wouldn't have known those things if he hadn't been doing sessions because he had the opportunity to get to know him more deeply. And that transferred off to my mother. And, you know, as a daughter, along with her siblings who had to put her parents into a long-term care community, what could be more comforting? So I saw all these changes happening, and that, or that's when I learned that the organization has gotten the license to take this across, across the country, and I thought, this matters. This is something we can do now. It provides hope, and I knocked on their door, and they had me, and here I am. <laughs> so that's wow. a long answer to your question about my experience, how Sido picked <laughs> me. I didn't pick it. <laughs> well, you know, you've um, alluded to Sido and, and the reference of it, but why don't you tell us what it actually is? What what is the product, and and you know how how do they engage people with dementia? Can you kind of draw us a picture of that, and maybe tell sure. us where it came came from too, where it originated from? Okay, sure, sure. Um, well, first of all, it comes from Japan. Um, the Japanese have been doing Sido since 2001. And after about 10 years, they thought, gosh, this is working well. I wonder if it'll work cross-culturally. So they came to the U.S. looking for a partner so that they could do a trial. And um, after a while, uh, the organization I worked for at the time raised their hands and said, you know what, we'll do this with you. And they said, okay, if you're serious about this, come on over to Japan and check it out. So they did. And the powers that be went over to Japan. They checked it out and thought, this, this is something. We, we don't see anything like this in the U.S. So they came back and they started a trial here. And uh, after, it was supposed to be a six-month trial. And about a month in, they said, wow, we see some changes. You can't take this away from us. It would almost be criminal. You know? So they were able to get the license, a master license, to have it here in the U.S. at their community. Well, then they realized they couldn't just keep it here. So that's when they began to spread it, you know, have the opportunity to spread it across the country. So it's from Japan. Um, They've been doing it since 2001. It's been here in the U.S. for several years, and that's the origins of it. Um, Yeah. So so now, what is it? (laughs) What is that? Yeah. And and it's funny. When people ask me, I often find myself pausing because I'm asked that question because it offers – so much. Um, but really, when I think about Sido, I think about 
I think about life, it's like an infusion of, of living into this often complicated and challenging condition. Um, it's a program, but it's really a method. Um, and the method is for dramatically impacting and improving quality of life for people, adults with cognitive challenges. So we're not curing anything, certainly, but we see a better way of living and managing dementia. Um, so with it is a combination of cognitive training and engagement. It's non-pharmacological, so no drugs. It's based on a learning intervention I mentioned from Japan, and it provides mental exercises and really, um, I guess, enhanced individualized engagement. You know, and that method, um, the way it's done, well, first let me give you um, some terminology. We use uh, language like uh, learners and supporters. So learners are the participants, the people with dementia, and supporters are anyone facilitating the session. And sometimes I think that gets confusing because it sounds so academic, but it's not. It's, um, you know, we use worksheets, math and reading and so on, and it sounds, again, academic, but it's purely exercises. It's just the method uh, or the gateway to get to the outcomes of what we need. Um, but the session itself, um, there's the supporter who's trained to work with the learners, and they engage the learners in a series of math, reading, and writing exercises. It's done 30 minutes a day, five days a week, and the beauty is that it's tailored to a person's individual level of ability. So the goal is not to teach that material, but to engage. And we look for the sessions themselves to be uh, successful uh, and allow the person to progress at their own pace. So the idea is that it gives people confidence and it often results in improved abilities and quality of life. Um, I guess what else I could tell you is these exercises are designed um, really to maximize engagement. And I talk about something called the just right level because with Sido there's 1,080 reading worksheets and 1,080 math worksheets and various other ways that we individualize it. Uh, and so this just right level gives a person the feeling of, gosh, I can do this. I can probably do more. Because I don't know about you, when, I, when there's something that's too hard, you know, you might get through it once, but you don't want to come back and do it again too often. And if it's too simple, it's almost like, well, you know, it's not, it's not on your radar. But if you feel like, huh, I can do a little more, people are often return and want to do it again. So that's where Sido is placed for each person. Okay. So I does know that when, give you an idea? Yeah, I know when I went and observed um, the thing that, you know, kind of caught my my eyes and my heart both were the fact that both the the learners and the supporters were happy to be there. I mean, there were smiles. Uh, you know, it it wasn't something like you know for staff like, oh, we got to get through this now. You know, this is a even though it's a structured activity. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't, it, they didn't come carrying a burden that, oh, now I'm going to be behind in my other work because now I have to do this. Um, they, and, and in talking with the, the uh, supporters or the ones that facilitate the learners, they, they also expressed to me how much they um, enjoyed it because they got to learn about the individual that was there. Yeah. And I'm and, so glad you saw that. Yeah, and and you could see that there was a real true connection, you know, amongst them. The and then for the learners, the people with dementia, they came in with smiles on their faces and high fives <laughs> to one another and and if somebody was mm -hmm. missing, they knew, you know, where's Joe, you know? Yeah. Oh, they're no, yeah. they're here. They're not going to want to miss this, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, yeah. and then when the and then when the time was up, people slowly left. They weren't in a big rush to leave. And there were hugs being given. And um, you could just, see, you know, as an observer, you could just see that boost in confidence. Even if somebody came in maybe a little, little more sluggish, by the end of the session, they were feeling really good about themselves. And, and like you said, um, this, this just right level um, – just breeds that level of, of confidence. And when you have, mm -hmm. when any of us have that sense of confidence, we have that sense of belonging and purpose. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. mean, there's just so many different levels that jot out of it. 
um, that are pretty pretty incredible um, to be able mm-hmm. to see. Um, I, I also, when I was there, I did see one family member and asked them, you know, what they thought of the process, and they just said it was like night and day, you know, with their mm-hmm. loved one, um, and in mm-hmm. how much they they could see the difference in the confidence and the social engagement and the the pride that they walked and talked with um, after mm-hmm. a session, which was really really cool. Now, can you tell us as far as um, these supporters? And mm-hmm. as far as the learners too, how are how are they picked, and is there cost to participate in this, and how how does all of that work? Mm-hmm. So, so right now, Fido is done in where it started, which was uh, long term care communities, and I think the the purpose behind that was because that way people are able to get the sessions five days a week. It's like going to the gym, Laura. You know, when you go consistently, you get the results, and it's not about being in the gym and what you're doing there. You have to do the work. It's about how you feel the rest of the day, your strength, your stamina, and all that. Same thing with side of sessions. So if they're done consistently, then it's about the other 23 and a half hours of the day and what that day looks like. And so that's why it started in, in – um, you know, long-term care. We also have CIDL Learning Centers now that's a four-day-a-week program where people can come in from their homes because there's so many people living at home who want to stay at home. So there's an opportunity to do it there. So how are the supporters chosen in a long-term care community? It's those that step forward and say, I want to be a part of this. And they are able to get trained. So it's a full day of training for someone who wants to become a supporter. And they're trained in in dementia. They're trained in approach. They're trained in how to have positive conversations, how to help a person recognize what they can do versus what they can't. So all of this is part of their training, and then they learn the specifics of a session because with Sido, it's not just another program. There's quality assurance. It has to be done in a certain way. Even though it's individualized, there's purpose behind the way it's delivered and how it's done in, in that session. And so that's why there's training and ongoing quality assurance to those sessions, right, for the supporters. And then mm-hmm. then you get to see what you saw was the joy of the outcomes, you know, and the joy of attending. And sometimes the staff members in the community, no matter what department they work in, from maintenance to um, dining to whatever it might be, Oftentimes they say, even though they're busy like crazy, because in long-term care there's not a lot extra time, um, they say it's the best part of my day. And I think it's probably because what you're saying, this engagement opportunity. How often do we get to sit down for somebody for 30 to 40 minutes, lock eyes, tell stories, and learn about them? You know, pull information out, reminisce, um, Mm -hmm. talk about new things. And that's, that's the joy of it. So those folks come from all different departments within the organization. And, again, it's those that step forward and say, I want to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Um, now, we've talked a little bit about the benefits, but I, I would imagine you probably have some stories that um, can, can show some examples of some of the benefits. Yeah. You know, um, because of that number of worksheets I talked about and how we individualize, we can reach people in, uh, at all stages of cognitive impairment. And so, so for people who are either at home or in independent living or, you know, wherever they're living that are early on, things that they'll say to me and to others is, you know what, I just I feel sharper, I feel more confident, I'm not as afraid, I've gone back to having lunch with my friends it really opens up people's worlds because sometimes, you know, you start to, to, your world gets a little bit smaller. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's opening up worlds again, at least that's how they describe it. Um, There was, there was a a woman that I knew who her friends had said, she had lived in independent living and then moved into assisted living and had some decline and so on. And, and she had started going back to lunch with her friends, and I remember them saying, I don't know what you're doing to Barbara, but keep doing it because she's <laughs> not repeating so much, and she's a lot of fun again. And I thought that was just brilliant, you know, how great uh, quality of life for her, you know. Um, and so there's that, and then there's the 
opposite end of the spectrum where someone's pretty far along where um, where you could see eye contact again and that person more comfortable in their skin. You know, that's another joy. But um, another woman had told us a family member. Those are also great stories because it brings joy to family members too. You and I both know what it's like to walk this road. And you yeah. know that when your loved one is doing well and they're engaged or they're happy, it just it just makes you happy. And so um, a woman was telling me about how um, she used to love playing board games with her mom. And her mom had sort of been lost, lost that ability to play. And after starting Sido, they were able to do that together again. And to her, that just mattered so much. Or another gentleman down in Cincinnati who told me, you know, although he could talk to his wife and she could, you know, respond, she hadn't initiated conversations in a really long time. And what the, right before I got into town, he told me that she had initiated a conversation, and he was almost in tears telling me this, that it just meant so much to him to have her initiate. And it was after she had started Sido. And so it's the little things that seem to make so much difference in, um, in people's lives. Um, I could go on and on um, about stories that we see and hear all the time, but... Um, Oh, there's another simple story, which is, uh, and this was over in Colorado, and it was um, a woman's mom where the staff had been doing everything for her at this point, and uh, including choosing the food she was eating. And her mom had been a chef and loved food and knew everything about food and all that, but she had lost either the interest or the ability to choose on her own. And after starting Sido, uh, uh, she had asked for a menu. And she began ordering and picking out her food again. So you see those simple things, those simple stories. Probably the biggest story um, that I have, and it's so individual for everybody, but there was a woman in Fostoria, Ohio, who had entered the community with pretty severe dementia, and she was living in the uh, skilled memory unit. And they had started, the family had started Sido, and her mom had had shown such improvement that the staff told her, you know, you might want to consider having her move to assisted living. And um, so they were nervous about that, but they did. They, they moved her to assisted living, and she thrived there and continued Sido, and they had actually considered moving her home, but she was so very happy where she was at that she stayed. But that was a, you know, that was probably the biggest example of a, a change for her um, mm-hmm. in that experience. So, you know, Lori, I could go on and on with, with things that I see or people, what they tell me. And I walk through communities and people stop me and want to tell me what it's done for them or their families. So it's a joy to have something we can do, <laughs> to, you know, to provide hope. It's great. You know, I don't know. I, well, you probably have run across this where uh, it's all over the news where Dr. Oz's mother has dementia. And yeah. he he talks in the video about they lost their family truth because they all yeah. saw these little changes. But nobody really wanted to dive in and deal with yeah. them as a reality. And so, you know, typically we hear people calling that denial. But I love that they that they lost their truth. I, I, I that phrase yeah. it sticks with me. But then there's that other side where I think sometimes people accept what they're told is gonna happen and that there's no hope. Yeah. There is no cure. Yeah. There is, you know, this is this is a downward spiral and they miss they miss the opportunities yeah. to connect because they have they thought that they misstepped so much that now they're going to believe the experts and, and the, and the experts aren't always right guys. You know, there's every person out there is different. Every family, every situation is different. And so, you know, never give up on, on the hope of the connection, you know, never stop trying new things because what, what might, might work for Jill's dad or my mom might not work for the person that you're dealing with, or vice right. versa. That doesn't mean that it's good or it's bad. It just means that it didn't work in that moment. And so right. I think when you when you see something like Sido, which is a, a very different concept, and the other concept I really liked about this, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, my understanding was this was for all levels of staff to be facilitators 
And so you got people in different realms from administration to secretaries to maintenance and housekeeping. You know, it wasn't just activities. It wasn't, it, it was everybody at every level really getting to know one another and I think right. to me that's one of the saddest things that's missing and I think it's one of it's a it's a brilliant piece that's incorporated in this learning level because you know it's just easier to to work in an environment when you know people um, yeah. at, a, at a real human level not just a, a tick list of this is what you have to do for them and this is the schedule but to be able to right. recognize sadness in their eyes or or that glint of joy or you know whatever it might be those nonverbals that they're giving off you're you're slowing down and in the moment and really recognizing and accepting those things and then you know using the power of that knowledge to improve the situation if they're happy you know, that's great. That's explosive. I mean, and I saw that when I walked into the room, you know, one person could just um, change the the, to, the tone of the room because they right. were excited and they were having fun. And then all of a sudden other people, it, it almost got into a, a I want to say, it, it's not a competition, but it was like a friendly competition <laughs> of, well, if she can have fun, I can have fun too. <laughs> type, type thing and a I don't know, Lori, if you... If you knew when you were there, but that that same community now has students every year that come from a local high school to for volunteer hours, and they've returned every year because of their experience the first year. And the beauty of those high school students coming there, imagine this, how much those residents love seeing those young people coming in, and they're trained, and they do sessions, and they start getting very, take ownership of their person. You know, this is my person. They come and they do their sessions once a week in the, you know, in the community. And, you know, at the end of the year, there's sort of exit interview, I guess. Some of them said, gosh, it's not so scary. Or I don't have grandparents. And this allowed me to be around older people and I like them. Or another one said, I might consider a career in, with a, a older adults, geriatrics. I mean, how beautiful is that to open up the world that way? In another state, another community, we have um, college students coming from Loyola University to a long-term care community. Same thing. They were going to do this one time. It was, you know, one outreach that they were doing. And these students had, were so impacted by the older adults and people with dementia that the next group is coming back to do it. So it's spreading out into, you know, not only the staff in, in the local community, but young people out there too, or volunteers to be trained and come in and do it. It's very meaningful and purposeful volunteer work. Oh, oh, definitely. And I love the intergenerational or, yeah. and the fact that you don't, you know, have to be a licensed per se, you know, you don't have yeah. to have a, a certain a certificate other than the training for the site. Oh, don't get me wrong there, but but you don't, you right. know, it's it's not that medical model of, you know, no. ABC, because I think, and, and I, this is what I've been told by so many people with dementia is they're tired of being looked at as a medical model. They're, they're tired of yeah. being looked at like a guinea pig to see if this will work. And they really are craving that relationship. Not that they don't mind being in trials and that they don't mind pushing stuff along. They they just don't want to be viewed as a yeah. you know a little rat in a cage. They they, they oh, want gosh. to have a, a human connection in this process. And as sad as that sounds, it that does happen out there with some yeah. things that are taking place and, and granted we have made huge strides just in the last five years. But guys, we are so far behind the eight ball. You know, those huge strides, right. they're just teeny, teeny steps, really, in terms of where we need to go. Um, and, you know, in, in working worldwide, you know, you see that. You, you see the possibilities yeah. of, of oh the my change. Gosh, there's so many. Right. And, you yeah. know, part of my passion, Lori, is just to reduce the stigma of this disease because, because there are so many possibilities, because there's hope. Because of things like what you said, don't just 
sit back and, you know, not try things. I mean, I had an executive director coin something that I love. Um, Amanda out in, in, in Illinois, she said, you know, there's this epidemic of low expectations for people with dementia. And I thought, oh, my gosh, it's true, but it doesn't need to be that way. There are so many possibilities of full lives, you know, vibrant lives. We want that till the end. And, and there are things we can do. So, so I'm with you. Don't just sit back. Try these things. You know, there's lots yeah. of things out there, but of which one I see because it's my world and I see these great outcomes with Sido. But there's many things to, to expose yourself to versus just the medical model of things. Yeah, and not that we don't need the medical model, don't get me wrong, no. folks, but, but we need a balance, and, and we're hearing yeah. a cry for that, um, and that cry is getting louder and louder of cure versus care, care versus care. It, 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 we have to balance that out, and, and that is, um, a, a, you know, a great phrase, that epi- ec- epidemic of low expectations, because mm-hmm. our, our words matter. And, you know, when I yeah. go out and speak and train, I talk about how our words affect our outcomes in, in yeah. real subtle ways that we don't even know, you know, is happening. Right. And, and one of them, you know, one of the words is um, the word behavior, you know, and behavior mm. is just a reaction. It's, it's mm. nobody wants to be told they have a behavior. Right. And yet, Yet we're all we all watch for the behaviors because we've been told mm-hmm. that things are going to change, and yet behaviors mm-hmm. are negative. You know, you're not if you have a great skill, you're not told you have a, a, a good behavior. You know, right, you're right. told, right. you know, you're, you're you know you're told you've got a great skill set, and you know behaviors get in the corner, go on time out. You know, you need right, to adjust, right. <laughs> tone down, whatever right. it is. And and I think that's one of the things that's um, nice with Fido is some of those reactions that we have learned to accept um, are changed and they're morphed mm-hmm. and you you see this joy come out mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, and for mm-hmm. me you know when you can hit that that spot of joy no matter how mm-hmm. big or little it is. Um, like mm-hmm. you said, when you were talking about your own dad, that's a moment that you just don't forget. I mean, because mm-hmm. it's not it's not just captured in your mind, but it's captured in your heart and you actually feel you feel joy, you know, mm-hmm. when you see someone mm-hmm. else joyful and and it spreads. Oh, this my gosh, just, it's transferable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes I yeah. think we think that just the negative is transferable. And and yeah. can change a room, but but joy and kindness uh, can do the same. And oh. you know, I saw saw the people you know joking back and forth in terms of you know when they were getting graded and, and how and tell people how <laughs> how they kind of grade things because it was kind of funny watching them um, yeah. react <laughs> and stuff to that. You mean in the Sido session? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so imagine these worksheets, right? You're you're reading out loud. You're doing worksheets. You're doing math, and you, there's worksheets. So it does seem academic, and, and there's a red pen involved. Again, it feels more academic, especially here. But, but what you do is you bring the sheets back to you as the supporter, and you're you're drawing a circle on each sheet. So you're recognizing the work that the person has done, and then each time a person gets 100. And so no matter what, if they've missed something, if they didn't add correctly, because, again, it's not academic. It's recognizing what people, the effort that they put in it. It's like dignity. I recognize the time you took to focus on this and put your attention on it, and I want to recognize you and, you know, for 100% effort in what you have done. And so, but they get such a kick out of seeing these 100s on their worksheets, and then there's a lot of praise and encouragement with that. And going back to something you said, I want to point out, another piece I love about Sido is that in the training that transfers to the, to the residents and such, they're looking for what people can do versus what they can't. So what they still are able to do and building on that versus decline. And who wouldn't want that? And who wouldn't want to be told, great job, you know, or thanks for what you've done, you know, in an intimate situation where there's you and another uh, resident and a supporter. It's just a, a beautiful moment in the day that, again, 
as you say, brings joy. It feels really good to be told, great job, look at what you've done, awesome work, you rock, all those things. So it really takes people to a different level in their day, and then it transfers out. And then they, they you know, it, it impacts another person they come in contact with. So it's a really beautiful model. Uh, and, and in the training of, of having staff consider, hey, be look on the lookout for what these folks can do versus what they mm-hmm. can't. Yeah. And again, not it's not about the, the right or wrong model, you know, no. or having mm-hmm. to do it a certain way. It's about participating right. and engagement. Right. Um, which is, is very, very um cool. Now if if uh, let's say that we've got a listener out there and goes, Wow, I, we need to bring this into my community. What's their next yeah. step? And then what's the process mm-hmm. as a whole? Mm-hmm. So I would say if there was somebody who was interested to talk with, if, you know, they wanted to talk with the folks at the community, they're welcome to contact me. Um, My information is on your site. Um, And that's really the way to go about it. They can call me and ask questions or the, you know, someone from within the community, the executive director, whatever that might be. And then we talk about it. And really what we do is we walk someone through, have them come to one of our Uh, model communities or one of our communities in the area so that they can observe and see what this is all about and determine if it's right for their community and their residents. Um, And then there's a process once they bring it on, because it's not just like, here you go, goodbye. Um, There's uh, a a lot of training involved as far as implementation goes and so on. So, so it's easy to best way is to start, just give me a shout. We can talk more about what the next steps would be. Okay. Um, with I don't know if, if it's possible to talk at all in pricing or if that varies depending on the, the size of the community and the extent of the training, or is there are there standard packages that people look yeah, at with that? It's, it's standard. So it's, a, a, it's from Japan. It's a licensed product. So the community would pay the fee for it to, to you know, for it to be done. And then there is a fee for the participant. And so that would be talked about from that community or, or whatever it might be. But yes, there's, there is a fee with Sido right now. Okay. And then uh, is it possible or has anybody ever gotten grants to maybe offset um, either the, the cost for licensure or the cost to residents? Has that been something that's been looked into at all for people starting so, up? Absolutely. In fact, that's in process right now because there's there's some government grants available for uh, the betterment of life for our older adults and for people with dementia. And so the communities are starting to get involved in, write, in writing some of those grants and applying for it. I don't have a community right now that's walked that process to the nth degree and actually done it, but um, except for there's a few little grants that people have gotten or they've reached out and gotten um, – you know, so many of us are touched by this disease, so there, there are those folks who want to support the communities or give a scholarship within a community for a person to participate in SIDO, and they've donated funds for people to be able to do that. So really more private donations. Um, mm-hmm. that, happens, that has happened quite often. But the grant process has really just begun, and there are seven, several communities in the works to do that. And I say, gosh, let's find the funds. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Now, is this, um, have they done any um, research in terms of, you know, shift for the person with dementia? So there's, is there any research backing or is it just kind of, I mean, from what I saw, I mean, it was just, it was pretty black and white. It was kind of mm-hmm. like hard not, not to see the change in people from when they walked out to when they, when they left, when they left. But again, that right. isn't research space. That's just moi. Right. <laughs> Right, 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 right. So there's a lot of qualitative uh, material out there from basically what you and I are talking about and what what occurs in the sessions. Because after each session, there's comments that are written. So you can watch the progress of the person along the way. And also there's some diagnostic testing. And that's part of how we get a person in their just right level through our diagnostic testing and such. So there's that, the records that we keep. There's the original trial that was done at Eliza Jennings in Cleveland, Ohio with the Japanese 
uh, when it first came to the U.S., so that's in 2011. Uh, and then mm-hmm. there's a lot of Japanese research that we have, but we are looking currently at potential research projects through several institutions, and that we do not, we have not started that yet, but that's something that we're looking forward to to have here in the U.S. So we have plenty of Japanese data, but we just don't, we do not have U.S. data other than the original trial. Okay. Well, the reason I asked is I um, have been in contact with um, Lenny, who's the executive director at the World Dementia Council, and I'll I'll be posting this uh, probably later this week, but they've got a survey out, and they are trying to find out really who has researched what's working in Mm. dementia-friendly initiatives, and so I Uh think this would be something that you guys would definitely want to take part in um, because I, I, and I, and like I told him, I said, it sounds great. I said, but I think we've got a a lot of great programs, but many of them, you know, we don't have funding over here to barely get the programs off the ground, let alone to, you know, get a a research, you know, project behind it. And, and that's something that they're looking at seeing, you know, how do we work with that? How do we, how do we all work together and get some funding for that effort? And um, NAC CIDL um, being, this being a great opportunity for them, even just to, you know, get the word out of what they're doing, you know, when they gather their Absolutely. data and stuff with that. So, um, right. well, Jill, is there anything that we haven't covered with CIDL that you'd like to mention? Um, I think we have really covered a, a lot of ground. I guess I... Um, I, uh, you know, my, my, my heart is in this because of that whole concept of, of hope that it provides, you know, a possibility. Certainly we're not curing anything, but, um, but it's one good way to add to the quality of life. You know, we're, mm-hmm. it's not over till it's over. So this is, this is one road to go. And, uh, and I've seen so many positives to come out of it. So um, so for anybody who's interested, like I said, give me a call. I'm happy to share more. And um, I just appreciate your time, Lori. This is a treat. Any, any day that I get to talk about Fido is a good day. <laughs> so thanks for that. Well, you know, uh, you said, you know, you know, we're, there's not a cure out there, but you are really elevating hope. Yeah. And to me, yeah. hope is, is, you know, a big piece of that puzzle of cure. Because, right. you know, there's the, there's the medical cure and then there's our, our kind of heart, soul, and brain cure of how are we going to stand in this? How are we going to look at this? How are we going to deal with this? You know, and so to me, you're, sh- you're making a shift in terms of raising awareness, in terms of the possibilities of engagement, the possibilities mm-hmm. of, of living well, um, the possibilities of just creating a smile on somebody's yeah. face or a glint in the eye. Those, are, those are, are big, huge things that should never, ever be underestimated in, in, right. in my world anyways. I, I think they are just as critical to um, push forward as a cure because we need we need that balance in the meantime Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know a a cure is probably going to be a ways out there because you know they keep changing directions on what's the cause and there's probably multiple causes of this because there's so many different types of dementia that they're finding but in the meantime we still have to be able to live you know, people have the right to live in their own personhood and in their own communities and feel like that they are, that they belong and are accepted and, um, you know, fit in. And yes. so often, you know, so often that's yeah. not the case. And I love how you said that. It's really about living well, living well all our days. I mean, this is this this helps us to live well. And, you know, like the woman I told you about going back to lunch with her friends, that is such a delightful story. And to hear it from them and laughing and the joy on their faces, that's to me, Sido, living well in that way. So thanks for pointing that out. It's really true. The different kind of cure for life, for living. (laughs) Great. Now, people can get a hold of Jill uh, by going to SidoLearning.com, and that's S-A-I-D-O learning.com, S-A-I-D-O, learning.com. 
or you can get her at J.T. Richter, and that's R-I-C-K-E-R, at cytolearning.com. And her phone number is uh, 216-905-0296. That's 216-905-0296. And again, um, thank you so much for, for being with us, Jill. I do see I've got somebody on the line, and I'm just going to see if by chance they have a question uh, before sure. we wrap up. So let me see here. I see we've got somebody online at a 4312 number. Did you have a question or a comment? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, I can hear you. And what's your name, please? My name is Janet Sawinski, and I live in Columbus, Ohio. I worked as Hi, a Janet. speech language. Hi, a great presentation, Jill. Thank you so much. Thank um, you, Janet. I, uh, worked as a speech-language pathologist over uh, 40 years with adults and geriatric people in nursing homes, home health, hospitals, etc. And this is so by far the best treatment for people with dementias, uh, Alzheimer's, vascular dementia. I mean, it's sort of like a, a miracle product, I guess you'd say. Oh, wonderful. Thank you, well, Janet. thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this presentation. It was fantastic. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, that's always nice to hear that uh, someone, especially who is part of the medical model, sees the value of this, too. That's that's very, very cool. So, again, um, you can... You can reach out to Jill at cytolearning.com. Jill, did you have a, another another comment you wanted to make? Oh, I was. She mentioned she was a speech pathologist, speech language pathologist, and it's it's interesting because I do hear often from them when they see Cyto, um, just their response to it and value in it because not only are people uh, participating in the session, they're reading out loud, you know, and the voice piece that starts to get lost um, is, you know. Uh, the exercises are there for them too. So just that. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you again, Jill. Really appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Uh, this is a, a great product. I highly encourage people, you know, to check out Cyto. Again, go to um, cytolearning.com or you can always uh, call Jill at 216-905-0296 or you can email her at uh, J.T. Richter at CytoLearning.com. Uh, I want to thank our audience again for um, listening to the show today. We really um, appreciate you joining us here at Alzheimer's Speaks, again, where our focus is to shift dementia care around the world from crisis to comfort. If you have, haven't subscribed, I highly recommend that you do do that so that you can continue to learn about new techniques, tips, and resources to help you live graciously alongside dementia. And again, don't forget to share this episode. Thanks so much. Till next time. Bye now. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.